Welcome to Fright Night. She just goes a little mad sometimes. Wolfman's got Mars. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. We have such sights to show you. You're listening to the Jersey Cools. Hey, everybody. What's up? And welcome back to another episode with the Jersey Ghouls. Jackie, it's that time of year where the summer winds down. You get all excited because it's time for fall and pumpkin spiced everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm a little sad, but then I quickly remember it's Halloween time. And it's true. Yeah, the sun is setting on the summer in the burbs for the Jersey Ghouls. I know it has been a very, very fun summer. It's it's true that I I'm one of those people that July 5th is when spooky season starts. Um, so I've been gearing up for this, but I know as someone who who is in education, I you've said this before, August is is like one giant Sunday. It is because you, yeah. you know it's it's time to start getting back to it. You know, we know that my Chad is a teacher, so he's he's got to get back to it. He's been setting up his classroom this week. So, yeah, it is. We, we do have to bid a fond, bid fond adieu to our suburban summer of horror. It's It's been so much fun. It has been I... so much fun to dive into all these. And and tonight we are we are ending it all on a Marissa favorite. Yeah, this was one of those ones I grew up watching on just a loop. It was like in my top five, always grabbed it off the shelf, like recorded on a VHS with the name written in marker. Uh, I just adored this movie and I am thrilled to be going out in style this summer. We had so many great uh, suburban discussions. I feel like the Burbs has been everywhere lately. Like I feel like suburban horror has just been everywhere lately. I'm especially excited that we had a guest star with Adam Marcus this summer. I feel like I I always look back on summer and I'm like, damn, that was fun. But yeah, I'm ready for spooky season, bro. And we've got a a little treat in store for you guys for September. Because when the bell rings and everybody goes back to school, the ghouls are going back to school too, girl. (laughs) <laughs> we are we are super super excited oh my we God, are we're going to so get excited. some education yeah. yeah we we are going to be going back uh and kind of decade by decade we're going to be hitting some really high notes of cinema through the decades Horror yeah we're gonna have some cinema some films yeah. We're going to bring back some of our favorites uh, as guests. We're going to have some new guests on and we're going to just rock through the fall. I'm excited. I'm excited to transition. I have already started putting up my Halloween decorations too. This is our time, man. It's like Mm -hmm. September, October, November is my, where, when I thrive, it's like I ride my broom into the abyss and I'm the happiest I am when it's fall. Yeah. I, I've always said that I'm the weirdo that gets, um, what is it? The seasonal depressive disorder yeah only in summer you get I only get that in the summertime (laughs) which is crazy because I love a good beach day I I love a good summer activity (laughs) I will always go to the beach girl you let me know I do I I love a good beach day I I you know I'll go to the pool there's some definite summer activities that I enjoy but yeah like uh, you know let me pick a season it's going to be fall I thrive in the fall I love the cold I love the rainy I love the Halloween and then from Halloween we dive right in 
to Thanksgiving and I make my corn like Thanksgiving stuffing. Yeah. I do, dude. More I host. I host Thanksgiving yeah. and I make the food for my family. Yeah, I tolerate it's the, Thanksgiving. It's the one time a year that I make certain foods, so it's like all year long. I just wait to make my cornbread sausage stuffing and my Italian meat stuffing, my turkey. I'm I'm banging. I will go toe to toe with anybody that wants to throw down Thanksgiving with me because I will kick your ass. I'm an amazing Thanksgiving cook. I might not be like an amazing cook overall, but like specifically Thanksgiving foods, I'm baller. I really See, am. That's interesting because as an adult, I've made a career out of avoiding having to host Thanksgiving because I'm not doing all that fucking work. Really? Yeah. <laughs> well, to no, be to fair, with I don't do it by myself. My mama helps me. Like, honestly, our favorite day of the year is the day before Thanksgiving because she comes over, we crack open some eggnog, we put on some jams and like we have our little list of she does some stuff, I do some stuff. So we love the the days around Thanksgiving. So adorable. It's good fun. Tonight, we're going to be tackling The Gate, the 1987 classic starring Stephen Dorff, a little adorable bambino directed by Tibber Takas and written by Michael Nankin. Now, Tibber has a really interesting pedigree. And I feel like this movie was, is to me a perfect example of why he did so well in both of these things. He went on to have a huge career of Hallmark movies, which we all know I'm a sucker for, especially Mm -hmm. at the Christmas time. (laughs) And uh, sci-fi movies, which I'm also a sucker for, incidentally. So it's funny because I feel like it's a good juxtaposition of the things that make this movie so lovable for me. Um, And the writer, to be honest, Nankin has tons of credits. He's like a, I mean, this guy's been working nonstop since the 70s. So it's a pretty good pedigree behind this film. It's funny because it really is, to me, a kid's film. Like it's starter horror. It's very innocuous compared. Like there's not a lot of blood. There's not there. I don't think there's any blood really. Um, Yeah. That, and that's one of my notes. I have that is like, this is good horror 101. Like this is where you start somebody. Agreed. Agreed. And, and I, it's funny though, because it reminds me of just how big of wusses kids today are because some of the stuff that happens in the movie is so chilling to me. Like when the parents are actually the demons and they're like, you bad, bad. Like that to this day scares the pantalones off of me. And when the kid whose mom dies, mom comes home and really she's a demon and she like hugs him and then it's a freaking dead dog, bro. Like you were just hugging a dead dog. And to me- even though it's a kid's movie, it's such a quintessential 80s kid's movie where if my kids watched it today, they would be horrified. But like six-year-old me didn't blink an eye at this, you know? So for you, this movie holds up, you know? Did you hate it? I didn't hate it, okay. but I will probably not watch this movie again. Like this, 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 I will say that there's, I have a lot of pros. I My pros outweigh the cons for this but movie. But barely. But like, it's just, for some reason, it really fell short. The plot was kind of meh for me. <laughs> I found ridiculous. myself constantly checking the time. But at mm. the same time, again, okay. like my pro column, a totally awesome stop motion animation. I love the filming techniques they used on the little gremlin. Yeah, I thought thing. you would like that. Yeah, yeah you know, the, 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 like practical, the practical effects, effects when the dad's head like explodes like not explodes, but like, but like falls apart. Implodes. Like there's a ton of cool things within this movie, but yeah, like for whatever reason, I truly cannot put my finger on why it was like, at the end of it, I was like, okay, like this was okay. Like, I truly don't think that this is a movie that I would jump back to. I mean, I, I would be, to be fair, I would probably throw this on for a Halloween party, maybe, but yeah, like, I don't know. This one didn't hit for me. 
that's interesting and you're not wrong there were times where i definitely were like man this is still we still have a chunk of time left it wasn't i'm not going to pretend it was the easiest watch in the world and it was my nostalgia that drove me through um so that's a hundred like your 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 take is a hundred percent right i do one of the biggest questions this movie raised for me and i'm curious to throw this out at you because we both came from less than perfect 80s households were families more effed up in the 80s or were we just like i feel like every 80s film had a kid whose parents died and he was all jacked up had kids whose parents were like absentee or had like divorced or like messed up like were were the 80s just a really damaging time to be a child or am i just (laughs) i don't i i think it's i think where that comes from i think i don't think we can look at it through today's lens we've talked about this before where it's just like like think about the shit that we did in the 80s that you would never in a million years be comfortable letting your kids do today like i think it's just one of those things where it was a different time you know and i don't i yeah i I mean yes and no i don't think i think we had freedoms we would never have today right yeah like i would never let my kids go to the mall and just hang out all day at age like 10 you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, or go to an arcade by themselves or like, like, I'd be like, that's where pedophiles hang out. You're not going there by yourself. Yeah. But the truth of the matter is our kids do have, it's like, I let my kid, I mean, my kid was at the pool all day today without me. So it's like, it's not like I'm like that strict or helicoptery, but it's funny that our generation who grew up with like the biggest urban myth of like, you'll get taken by like stranger danger is so yes. untrue in real life or they're like three actual cages cases of kids getting taken in the, in the 80s but if you ask like our parents there were kids getting taken every three minutes you know what i mean like yeah and and i think we were very much products of that but we were also literally left alone i don't know about you but i was alone as a kid like my parents weren't always around and not only were they not always around but they would go away for long weekends without even thinking twice and leave my older brother in, in charge of me so it's like it felt such a perfect snapshot of the eighties because it's like, okay, there's a, you just dug a giant hole in the backyard. You're in big trouble. Bye. We'll see you in four days. Like, (laughs) like, and no matter what happens in those four days, you're not calling your parents because you're going to be in so much trouble if they have to come home because. Yeah, (laughs) no, it was, that was this, that, that is another one of my notes that this movie is, this movie is so eighties. Like, and, and I do, I can, as someone who is a nostalgia junkie, just visually watching this movie, like something as silly as like the set of like the kitchen, like the kitchen with its like big yellow cabinets. Like I was like, oh, I would love that kitchen right now. <laughs> like the hair on the friends. Like oh the my girl God. With the jo- like she literally just. Like, I want to do just- that to my bags every day. Yeah, <laughs> you should. We need to bring back teasing the bags. Oh, we really do. A thousand we need to percent. Bring it back. I mean, there are some people who have never stopped in my family, like of North Jersey Italians. So it wouldn't, <laughs> I, I wouldn't get a blink of an eye in my, I think in we my should. circles. We think oh, we should. so funny. So funny. I, I, the biggest one of the, I have two big takeaways and they are on the opposite ends of the like it, don't like it yes. spectrum. Like, like, the, like I said, the plot was meh. And one of my, my big questions was in the, in the party scene, we're, we're at the party. There's not like a single fucking person that bats an eye to the fact that the little boy was levitating, but then they make fun of him for crying afterwards. Like you, you levitated a child. Nobody batted an eye. It nobody, is strange that nobody, nobody was they were like, just like, holy, we levitated fuck. him. 
stop being a big baby. What you crying for? I'm like, really? You you should be crying too. (laughs) On the other end of that spectrum, I loved this cast. I thought like everybody in this cast, like I loved all the characters. Like Stephen Dorff's character was such a little shit. But like he was, a he was like a perfect little shit, like little brother, you know? Yeah, and like he was like a perfect little sibling. Yeah, the older sister was like that perfect blend of like like a too cool for school older sister, but like but it's still, your little brother, you know. When she dies on the rocket, fucking Terry is like the real hero. hero. Oh, he is the real hero. I fucking love Terry. Terry all the way. Like I loved, I really loved the cast. And like I thought that for being like a bunch of kid actors who carried the whole film. I thought they did really good. And it's like, I hate to like come down on the film because there was so many things about it I did enjoy. Um, Yeah, it's not the, it's it's like not the easiest. I also wonder, it's also wonder, I need to full confession. I have never seen The Gate before. This was my first watch. Oh my God, really? The only (laughs) time I've seen The Gate is I have a compilation VHS with like, like, you know, the scariest moments or like the cool kills or whatever. And the scene where all the little gremlin dudes are, like, coming out to, like, chase Steven Dorff's character. Like, I've seen, like, clips of this movie. I have, but huh. it, it's been, like, brief clips. I couldn't tell you anything about the plot other than, like, okay, there's a gate and bad shit happens. <laughs> um, yeah, so this was a first watch for me. And part of me says, like, am I too jaded as a horror fan? Like, you know, at the age of 40 to, like, enjoy this movie. But then I'm, like... It, it really boggles my mind because this movie should be my bread and butter. Like looking at the kind of 80s movies that I like, I, I'm like, I'm almost like disappointed in myself that I didn't like this more because I feel like this is, I mean, this, this is a, a Vestron film and Vestron film, like Vestron home video. I mean, they put out Monster Squad and Waxworks and Return of the Living yeah, Dead movies 3. Like that they we were really like love. The yeah. distribution company that I would put stock into today if it still existed. Because the VHSs that they were pumping out are all amazing, wonderful 80s horror movies. Um, so yeah, like I'm I'm almost like disappointed in myself for not enjoying this more. Like I want to, like I almost want to just fake it and be like, I love it. Because I should. I absolutely should love this movie. There's no reason I don't. And I'm like, I'm annoyed with myself that it just didn't hit for me. No, no. I mean, I don't even know that I would, like, if you were like, Mercy, you want to watch it again? I'd be like, yeah, I'm good. I I, I caught up for a while. Like, I, I don't think it's a, a high, like, r- repeat one. Like, I think it's just, yeah. for me, it's just the, the nostalgia of it. It also reminds me of how much I love 80s insults, like butt muncher and, like, <laughs> fart knocker and yeah. I don't I don't grow up I throw up or whatever <laughs> I don't throw up I grow, whatever the bottom line is nobody did 80s insults like the 80s and yeah. when he and the little female friend get into like the verbal sparring short of the cringy like you know dropping of homo homophobic words yeah which I mean it was a sign of the times unfortunately and I hate yeah. it but like it, it always just is like nails on a chalkboard for me like I'm always like when I hear stuff like that now but it it's just like god we don't insult like we used to like well i call more people like fart knockers or like you know whatever the one friend's like you you need to go put on your pampers and he's like do you need to like put on your clown makeup i know know, it's like like, why don't we why don't (laughs) like i need to get back to that level of game like it always makes me think of like camp on like i really miss 
that level of insults where it's just completely juvenile and you're just yeah, one up in grossness. It's that scene. It's that scene from Hook when yes. when Peter and Rufio are going back and yep. forth. Yeah, we need to bring that back. <laughs> we do. We need to start bringing back all of those insults because it, <laughs> there was no insult better than like a kid '80s insult. Yeah. Um, can we talk about how casually the dude dragged that dead dog around? Because <laughs> I would be so skeeved to touch a dead dog, any dead dog. Yeah. But to have to like pick it up and like, w- like literally carry it around in a blanket that is really small, what would be like a nightmare for me? Oh my God. Oh yeah. No, he didn't put it in a bag or anything. Like half of the head was hanging out and he took it on a fucking world tour around town. Like, I love that that guy that is like trying to be nice and like haul around the dead dog. I love that he's the one that like ends up being the catalyst for all the shit to happen. But no, like, I love that the guy like ends up burying the dog and is the catalyst for really all the bad shit to happen. But like, we don't ever know, like we never see him again. Like there is no comeuppance for well, his- He jumps out of the closet at the end. And then they're yeah, like- that's what Bye. I'm saying. Like, it was just like, yeah, I'm sorry. Almost caused the destruction of the world. <laughs> but at the end of the day, what always like made me laugh was like, okay, those kids jump out of the closet. You're like, you fuckers go home. But after everything that just happened, I'd be like, you guys can stay. Like, I'm, I know. I'm still very freaked out and don't want to be alone in that moment. Like, I would hang out with anybody. You know what makes me laugh too? The way the demons run makes me giggle and makes me so happy as creepy and gross as they are. And they're very, in my opinion, they're very uh, ghoulies. Like they're yes. ghoulies-esque. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, yeah. they're like, like your Heidi for, for the Jersey people who might get confused. You're not your ghoulie. Like they're real right. ghouls, right? Like real- um, but like I, and I also love the the idea that the, the satanic band not only gave you a very thorough step by step guide on how to open the demon gates of hell, mm-hmm. but also how to close them by just well, revert. Like what a what a thoughtful that shows responsibility. Band. That shows responsibility. <laughs> it's a very mature way to be it satanic is. worshipers. It is. And of course, this film does a great job of like cashing in on that, that like mythology of satanic panic. Um, yeah. The giant demon at the end is where, to me, the movie loses me. Yeah. I, <laughs> the design of that big demon, like I like that it had like big arms, but then like coming out of his neck, he had kind of like little baby arms. He did. Was he was confused. like a little T-Rex. Like I was confused thing. by the baby arms mm-hmm. coming out of his neck there. You know? He did. He had, he had slightly T-Rexy arms. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I just, I, I didn't love, I would rather Terry have been the final boy as opposed to Glenn. I'm like, it you. just, I just kind of seemed to come <laughs> all too you. easy. Like, like the oh, whole the like, ending was you know so bad, like it just right. it just kind of all came too easy where he's like oh i'm just gonna shoot this rocket you know although one of my favorite moments of the movie is when he goes to fire the rocket and then the whole battery's not included gag where like nothing happens he looks at the mm-hmm. box and it zooms in on the sticker of batteries not included because seriously any 80s kid shout out to 80s toys yeah knows that struggle oh my god and then it's like you know okay fine and of course back then you needed like you nine get. fucking D batteries. Yeah. And you so couldn't like, just like order them on Amazon overnight or like ew. go to the 24 hour Walmart. Like you were boned. No. If you, yeah. If you didn't have if batteries, you, and then past what, five o'clock. You know, yeah. You were lucky if you had a flashlight that had that many D batteries or you went into your older brother's room and tried to get him out of his boom box. 
And yeah. then you got your ass kicked for it. Yeah, later. I was gonna say, and then you get your ass beat for going into your brother's room. Yeah, fucking, we had it real rough with batteries. I don't know, are kids, are kids toys today? I mean, I know your girls are a little bit older, but like, is it still like a they fucking battery heavy? They take a batteries, 100%. And um, the only difference is, is that parent, like as a parent today, I'm super cognizant. Like I, I remember, at I don't know why I'm whispering. They both know Santa's not a thing. I remember I would be like, oh crap. We got it. It would be like Christmas Eve. We'd be sneaking toys up, upstairs at like 9 p.m. And I'd be like, oh shit, I got to go to the Walmart or the Target and buy like 25 AA batteries for this thing. Because God for fucking bid, kids mm-hmm. today woke up and the shit didn't have the batteries already pre installed in it. Like those motherfuckers won't have it. Like, and I, and to this day, I keep, to- like, I keep a stock of all types of batteries. And they honestly, we only ever use it in emergency situations for like the flashlights and stuff. But like, when they were smaller all of their stuff needed batteries still but again it's just like parents today are so much more like accommodating and careful like i was always like yeah yeah oh no chad is so good with that like at christmas time if he you know he's buying a gift for the niece and the nephew he'll double check if it needs batteries and at the same time he's like ordering the gift online yeah he orders the batteries batteries. because we're like so thoughtful nowadays about stuff like that whereas (laughs) our parents were like you stupid bastard next time we go to shop right you can get the damn batteries and it would be weeks before i'd remember to get the batteries for the toy and or even worse teddy rumskin would be out of batteries i didn't have a teddy he was too scary um and it would be like you're going to hell but i wouldn't have any batteries to replace it so i would just let it roll like that Because I wasn't about to change those batteries. I didn't have any. Um, I do think as far as suburban horror goes, this film did a good good a good job of avoiding the boring tropes. Like, I was so glad it was this random series of events that led to the opening of the gate to hell because I think it was interesting to be like, well, first step one, you happen to have had to dig this hole. Step two, you happen to have had to bleed in it. Step three, because all of these things that this kid accidentally does are all such a perfect storm that I found it as as ridiculous as it was. It was so much more cool to me than like, eh, you built on top of a graveyard. Eh, like that I found something very endearing about the fact that it was just a random series of events. Yeah, I agree with that. It, you know? Yeah. And then the whole like backwards record thing. Like the backwards <laughs> record thing didn't really work. Well, I liked when they tried the Bible and that didn't work yeah. at all. Like that was, I was like, hey, hey, organize your pigeon. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if like, did it really say anything when they played it, it backwards it, or if it, it was it, just like. Well, it was like the act of true love or whatever, which oh, that's right. me for me. Like it was like true love's kiss saved everything. And I was like, wait, what? Like, But um, I felt like the ending and the satanic, you know, what would have been really great if the say if he would have called the band and they would have come and they would have looked like the bar. <laughs> And they would have been like, we're here to save you from demons. Like I, that's the gate I want to watch. Okay. That, okay. My instant thought is like when Kiss was on the Scooby-Doo cartoon, <laughs> like that's, that's basically what you're telling me is you just want to watch Kiss, Kiss, the Scooby-Doo Kiss episodes. We're spitballing. I don't mind Kiss being the band to show up. I'm telling you right now. Yeah. No, we're spitballing. It. Funnily enough, a couple days ago, was it last week? I'm cooking dinner. And, you know, I'm going to put on Spotify and, and I was just, for whatever reason, not on your satanic metal as you often do. (laughs) I I was not in the mood to listen to anything that I normally do for whatever reason. I was just in a mood and I was like, you know, looking on Spotify and I was like, eighties hair metal band ballads. 
Yes. And, oh my goodness. Oh, I can. <laughs> oh, oh, that is like a high rotation playlist. Amazing. I did that. And then I ended up transitioning to just 80s hair metal. That was, you know what? 80s hair metal is is something that I was would, a jam. Like, give me like I, one I of the happy. songs that was on the rock ballad, the 80s ballads. Uh, like, well, obviously the first one, first, actually the first one I got was More Than Words by Extreme. Oh shit. I think people would be offended by them being called Classic. the metal band, but continue. Well, I, I went for, ba- I think it picked up more on ballads mm. than, cause I said, I said like 80s, right. like hair band ballads. Okay. Oh, um, words is such a good there was song. that one. And then there was one, I'm trying to remember. There was like one by Winger that popped on. Fucking Winger. <laughs> um yeah i can't really remember like i said it was it was last week i can't remember but i'm just looking for excuses to sing 80s rock ballads to you right well you know brett michaels (laughs) and you know what this is actually a perfect transition because jackie i did a little research for this episode i know i did a little research on what is called occult rock okay the rock and or roll yeah couple of mind-blowing things i learned Number one, technically speaking, a band called Coven was the first one to make the this, like the horns. I'm making like the rock horns for really? the devil. But I always thought it was Dio. No, they were in 1969. They nice. released an album called Witchcraft Destroys Minds and Traps Souls, which Ooh. is probably true. And in that, on that cover and in that album, they referenced the the hands. But here's the piece that's going to blow your goddamn mind. Guess who the first band who ever made that symbol in a musical video was? Who? The fucking Beatles, bro. In Yellow Submarine, apparently there's scenes where the bad guys do the devil horns, like the two fingers up in the air. Right? How mind-blowing are you? And I wa- I've watched Yellow Submarine quite a few times because Kenzie went through a weird phase when she was a baby where she loved Yellow Submarine, the movie. And we would watch it and the Blue Meaties and she was just, there. she had it's like Yellow person. Submarine memorabilia. Like it was crazy. <laughs> but, um, and we used to read the book every night. It was, she, it was, she's weird. She was weird, but I loved it. And I can't rem- I, I had to like go spot check them, but it's true. Very briefly, the little Blue Meanie guys will occasionally make, and there's a big hand thing that also makes the devil sign. So technically speaking, it is the Beatles who first used the devil horns for metal, which is ironic because the Beatles are very not metal. No, now, not metal. This band, Coven, though, had a really, they were the first band to be considered a satanic occult band. Now, the 1960, late 1960s was actually like the peak of the advent of these like Satan, legitimately Satanist. And I guess it makes sense because you look at like, Aunt, what's his name? LeVay. Uh, what's Anton LaVey yeah like Anton LaVey and all those guys were really kind of coming into popularity in the late 60s 69 was such a bonkers year screwed so many people but so this this album comes out and in on this album there's an, a, a song called satanic mass which is a 12 minute long satanic ritual to this day I haven't been able to find a direct translation of it in English because it's obviously in like Latin or something I listened to it And I have two funny things to say about my 12 minute listen to this. Number one, I was almost convinced that I was opening some sort of gate to hell. It was like so scary because it was just like, (laughs) and it was like the, it wasn't music. It was literally just people 
doing their satanic cult stuff right and again i'm not like coming at satanists because i actually think being a satanist if it's like an ironic hail satan kind of way is a fun delightful way to give a middle finger to the to organized religion that i actually do hate but and i like like the, the the church of satan for how they push buttons but it was terrifying and i was literally i was like sitting alone and i was like i'm gonna bring back a demon accidentally this is scaring me so much that was number one and number two, if anybody out there knows where to find a translation, like what this ceremony actually is, like, is it a baptism? Is it a, you know, funeral? Is it, are we raising the dead? Like, I just want to know what 13 minutes of my life was lost to. What did I do? Did I, did I bring Satan back? Am I, like, I'm just so confused. So if anybody has any insight on the band Coven. Now, a fun fact about the band Coven is that they were forced to kind of like go away by a system in the seventies who was not ready for them. Now, yeah. nowadays- um there is the ghost the swedish band yes. who are like yeah and i gotta be honest with you they feel very performative and silly to me like they don't seem like when you look at coven they look like a bunch of hippies which something about those people performing satanic cult rituals seemed so much creepier like it always reminded me of like the manson family like it was the manson family only they were for real satanists they were yeah. definitely murdering people in the woods i'm convinced of it um ghost feels very now, I then fell even farther into this rabbit hole, and I hope you don't mind me telling this story because I found it fascinating. I wound up finding a list of the most evil songs of all time, songs who people claim will literally bring about bad things in your life, right? Way too chicken to listen to any of them for more than like 10 seconds. And I used to think I was a bad bitch for liking like Godsmack, but man, <laughs> that is child's play compared to some of this stuff, right? Like Tool is as scary as I'll get. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I am a wuss. I love Nelson. I'm not going to listen to satanic metal. But um, the number one most like evil song of all time. Okay, so the band is called Mayhem. And the song is called Freezing Moon. And it's about like someone's death. I mean, obviously, well, it's not about puppies and sunshine, right? But I was too afraid to listen to it. It's in another language. Um, and here's the crazy story of it. The lead singer after that song was released, killed himself in the house that the band shared. And the band members, for their part in this, like these are people who are obviously like legitimately black and satanic with their practices. They're not just metal to be funsies. You know what I mean? Like they're not mm-hmm. war. Like they're not going home to their family at night. Like they're they're doubling down on this lifestyle. And by, at least from what I can tell, right? And it's a Norwegian, and they're it's called like black metal, and yeah. it was released in 1994. This the, the lead singer kills himself almost immediately thereafter, right? And they take pictures of him dead to use for their next album. That's how fucking nuts these people are. And they also put took his body parts and used them as decoration for their little loft. So these people are like insane in the membrane, right? Yeah. And the lyrics, if I were to read them to you, you'd be like, that sounds just kind of like a Morrissey song. Because I'm like, everything here is cold. Everything is dark. I remember it as a dream. Like, I could be like, and if I'm all in the cold. Like, I feel like when I read this in my head, it sounds like a Morrissey song. But right. um, then this gets even crazier, this band, because the guitarist, Euronymous, obviously his name is Euronymous, because that's a black metal name if, you need, if I've ever heard one, then is stabbed to death by the drummer varg 21 times he stabs him and they then the guys now varg is now spending time in jail 
while the family of Euronymous is working aggressively to get Varg's like contribution to their music out of it because people still go nuts for this shit. Like apparently Mayhem is a, and Ghost and all these guys have huge, huge cult followings. And to be honest, I had barely ever heard of Ghost before this. I remember, I feel like I knew of them, but I knew nothing about them. I spent right. like hours researching all this crap. I don't know. It's fascinating to me. I, I couldn't listen for more than 15 seconds without wanting to cry. <laughs> but all of this leads me to a very fun question. And I'm so curious to hear your answer to this. What songs or song truly scare you? Scare me? Yeah, like, is there anything you could think of that, like, I have one song that to this day gives me a little bit of heebie-jeebie. I don't- And I love I, it. I listen to it a lot, but it's a, it scares me. I don't, I don't know that there's ever been a song There's never been a song me. that, like, sca- like, made you feel, like, a little nervous? No. Huh. Okay, there's two songs for me. Okay. And I'll let you think. The first one is Red Right Hand by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. That scares you? It doesn't scare me per se i just think it's very atmospheric the song that has always scared me because i have a funny story for it is marilyn manson's uh cover of uh sweet dreams or made of these because when i used to work at a radio station at at rowan as you remember because you were one of the three people who listened my very first show was like literally at like 1 a.m on saturday nights and fun fact nobody's listening to a college radio station at 1 a.m on saturday Mm -hmm. nights except you because you were that loyal to me and and my husband and I used to always do like a little metal block because I used to like to go outside and smoke cigarettes while that block played and one night I had a creepy caller like heavy breathing threatening to kill me and it's two in the morning I'm in a radio station all by myself like straight out of a fucking horror movie and I went outside to I played Marilyn Manson I played the toadies probably Nick Cave and I think it, it, the whole block ended with the, the Manson cover, right? Because it was an alternative show. And I'm outside smoking a cigarette. And I realized that I, you know, like I had been getting phone calls all night. So I should probably be careful. I go to, here's the, the scariest part of the story. I go back inside. Like I freak myself out while the station is blurring all these songs. Now Marilyn Manson is on. I go back inside. I'm like, I shouldn't have been out there. Like this feels dangerous. Somebody's like stalking me. The phone rings the second I sit back down in the chair. And he was like, did you enjoy your smoke break? So this person was outside of that radio station. Yeah, well, and realized that I the had, radio station back in the day, like where you could it see sat, in it, you could, you could see, see into it. And there 100%. was a big, there was a big parking lot yep. because the parking was lot sitting was sitting in a car out by, there, 100%. Yeah, the parking lot was shared by Bunce Hall yep. and Bozorth. Is that where the radio station was? Wasn't Bozorth? Bozorth yeah. was, So yep. you could just sit in the parking lot and the radio station had a giant fucking window right there. Yeah. Right. So you could absolutely sit in your car and stare into the radio station. So I closed the shades. <laughs> and as Marilyn Manson's creepy ass sweet dreams are made of these play, I'm like, this is it. I'm getting murdered tonight. I actually wound up having to call campus security to take me home because I was so thoroughly freaked oh, out. Oh, hell yeah. Um, which was funny because the campus security kid, I'm pretty sure I had more muscle mass than he did. <laughs> um, but I figured at least one other human being there was still better than nothing. Oh yeah. But to this day, if I hear that song, I get a little freaked out. Okay. Well, that makes sense. That makes it's sense a, because right. you got really wigged out. Yeah. Yeah. It was My, probably a prank too. Like in retrospect, oh, somebody sure. was fucking with me, probably, you know, but it worked. It worked. <laughs> 
Um, My favorite thing about when you used to work at the radio is that you would let me in the studio with you and I would come on sometimes as Marissa. You were better at it than I was. Let's be honest, of the two of us, you have the radio voice. And then I do remember sometimes you would be reading advertisements and you'd be like, call Jackie at, and you'd give give the correct phone number, but you would always give my name. Oh, I, I, it, it shocks me that it took two years for me to get fired from that job. Cause I never took anything seriously yeah. there. Um, although to be fair, the, I got fired over something that wasn't my fault. Um, and I feel bad cause I, I got Matt fired too by association, which was so <laughs> terrible because that was like his major, you know, like, oh, it was funny. Oh, the radio I, station was fun now. It was so it much was fun. A good time. I, like, I thought it was just cool to just sit there and watch you do. Cause like, again, realize this is late 90s early 2000s so you still had those big like eight track cassette oh my god the advertisements were all on yeah we're all on Mm eight tracks and most of the music was still cds and vinyl and stuff Uh, it wasn't until the end of my run there that we even had music on the computers to play instead and it was awesome too because you could set up i mean it wound up being the death of radio but you could like set up the computer to just play songs or you barely had to do anything well i think that's why it's so rare that like radio stations have actual personnel in like after a certain hour like i know here in 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 the greater you know philadelphia south jersey area We've got 93.3 WMMR, and it's one of the very few radio stations, I believe, that still that has, has DJs, DJs all day and night. 24-7. Like, because there you is a program, no point that they stop. Yeah, you yeah. can program oh, advertisements, yeah. and you can program the entire thing to run on its own, which a lot of stations are doing these days, which is sad, because I like the personalities on the radio. But remember yeah. when I had a hip-hop show? I was not qualified. <laughs> I played the same six basic white girl songs over and over and over again. I played, like, Shoop. <laughs> Oh man, that was great. But they made me do it. It's not my fault. Um, and you think I would have used it as an opportunity to grow? No, I just doubled down on my love of 90s hip hop. You're listening to Rowan Radio, WGLS. Oh my god, you were so much better too. There were so many times where I'd be like, Jackie, just read it for me, please. And I'd be so excited. I was like a kid. It was like it was seriously like take your kid to work day when Marissa would when I would go with her to the radio station because she would let me read stuff and I'd be like, Hey, this is Marissa coming to you. Pretty call the request line, you know. This yeah, you were so much jam better. again. This is Marissa. <laughs> I liked when you would pick out songs and it would be like Pearl Jam, then something, then more Pearl Jam. Like you would have like just like 10 Pearl Jam CDs stacked. Oh, I did it. Seriously. Like that's the best way to describe it. Going to the radio station with you was like, take your kid to work. Day. Oh my God. I loved it so much too, because having you there made it so much more fun because I would get lonely and bored. Oh man. I miss those days. All right. Well, now that we're super off track, anything else about the gate? What? I, I do have one more note. Yay. Um, and I don't know if I'm the only one and maybe I'm super off base because I didn't know him as a child, but baby Steven Dorf mm-hmm. reminded me of our friend, Stephen Bay for some reason yes oh my and god I just so funny like, the whole movie I just kept imagining like baby Stephen Bay which oh p.s god. let's shout out analog Jones and the temple of film yep go rate and review give them five stars they have a VHS podcast it's it's he and his friend Matt they're, so my, they're some of my favorites Jones. yeah they're yeah. my favorites baby Stephen Bay would have handled this so much better like he would have been so much cooler he would have been more efficient you know, like I'm not, this is uh, meant to be a compliment to him. And also I find Steven Dorf quite hot. So I'm cu- like, it 
good for you, Stephen May, that you looked like you. Yeah, he maybe did. You. There was something about him where I'm like, why did be? It's the hair. It was the it hair. Maybe. maybe it was the hair. Just I don't know. And like I said, I don't think I even know. I don't know if what, Stephen has ever Stephen posted little like kid now. pictures of himself. So I don't even know if I've actually. To be fair, I just pretend that he looks like what his baby now looks like. So <laughs> it's like I think it's that hair. It's the it's adorable the hair. hair. Um, it, his baby is so stinky yeah, cute. Here's here's our recommendation corner. Uh, go listen to Analog Jones and the Temple of Film. Yep. It's a VHS podcast, and Amazing. Stephen and Matt so are awesome. Fun. They yeah. are so they are so great. Go go rate and review. Give them five stars and tell them that the ghoul sent you. We've been on their show a couple times. They've been love on them. our show. Yeah, they're Adore they're them. podcast family. We love them. I know. I they're 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 family. When you hear your family, <laughs> always, always. When you hear Jersey. especially with Stephen and Matt, they're lovely oh, boys. A hundred percent. They're lovely. They're good, clean couple. Oh, they're so nice. Those boys. Anything else about the gate? Uh, nothing else about the gate. I think it was. Even though I wasn't the biggest fan of this movie, I think it was a perfect film to wrap up our summer of suburban horror. Because what better way than to end a movie where like half of your town is just in shatters. It's, it's completely destroyed. And it's just like, okay, that's the end. Like I, I kind of thought in my mind that like when the demon went away, it would somehow magically fix all the property destruction. But no, no, like the movie just ends with, you know, the the people and dog came back. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody that was killed, quote unquote, killed was sacrificed. Everybody that was sacrificed came back and they were just all arm in arm and they were like, guys, we're best friends. <laughs> Roll cuts. Like that's how it ended. Like, <laughs> are your parents dead? I think your parents might be dead. Like, I don't know. I don't know oh, everybody else in the town is dead. I'm yeah. thinking. I'm also, pretty sure I would else be is dead. so skeeved to hug that dog. Like, I'd be like, you were dead. And, and Terry too. I'd be they like, now I gotta be friends yeah. with you? Like, stop it. Um, creepy, a little creepy that I gotta hug that dog. If my dog dies, I, I would like, like, uh, you know, pet cemetery. I just some things are better off dead. Like, I don't know that I want her back at that point. I'd be like, I'm good. <laughs> You're dirty. You smell like death still. <laughs> Did you take a bath? <laughs> um, yeah. And I want to take a minute before we end, Jackie, if it's okay, I want to give a shout out to all the people who have been uh, giving us messages, whether it's through the Jersey Ghouls page whether it's on Instagram, whether it's on Twitter and Facebook, like I feel like the fans have been talking to us more lately and I can't tell you how excited I am. If you're out there and you're listening, drop us a line because nothing motivates me and keeps me going more than knowing that people are actually listening. Um, Even if it's people who are like correcting my my facts or like my grammar, I feel like we've made it. I'm like, you hate me and I I love it. Like I'm like, I love the hate mail too, all of it. It just all makes me happy. Um, because if I just, it feels like people are out there and that's a really good feeling when you're a podcaster trying to make it and trying to get big and all that good stuff. And in that vein, please, if you are listening, please consider taking a moment to give us a little rating on iTunes. Apparently it really is all about your iTunes ratings. And I had no idea and I've never worried about it. And I realized we don't have that many. They're pretty good. I'll take it, but please feel free to give us a like a listen and of course a short little review if you're so inclined because apparently it makes all the difference in the world with how we get found by other people yeah yeah no i i it, it was something that we we kind of learned about recently through a friend uh in a conversation oh about you it. did and, yeah. i'm taking credit for this this is all you <laughs> but yeah no apparently it does uh, uh, you know it is kind of important to get those itunes ratings regardless of your download numbers and your listens uh, you know, some people will judge your podcast based on their reviews. I think we have three reviews. Four, four. We have four. We have four reviews. 
Okay. And, and shockingly, none of them are you and I, so I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> but well, um, I know we have more listeners because our download numbers are way, way, way higher than that. So I know you're yes. out there, you guys. I know it's a pain in the butt, but if you have a second and you don't mind, you're like, these girls sometimes delight me, infuriate me, whatever the words are you want to yeah. describe us. Just give us a quick little, just don't, you don't even have to fill out the form. Just click the stars like I do and move on with your life. Yeah. Here's the thing too, that I want to mention, because I have never rated anything on iTunes because- Are you serious? Well, here's the thing. I don't have any Apple devices. I don't listen to podcasts on Apple Podcasts. So I think I kind of assumed because of that, I can't do it. Like I can't leave a review. I tried. And, and they wouldn't because let they wouldn't let me because I didn't have one. I even tried to download Apple Podcast on my Android phone, and it basically told me to fuck off because you don't have <laughs> an Apple phone. The way that happens. I got around it though is I had an old iTunes account from like 15 years ago. From when we were in college, probably. Right. <laughs> so I went into that and through there, like I guess I was like grandfathered in because I had an old iTunes account. And so it's only like literally been in the last two weeks that I've been able to like rate and review any podcast whatsoever. So that's what I've started to do. I'm starting with all of my friends' podcasts, but like I've never been able to do it before because I don't have an Apple device. Um, oh my God, that's so funny. Yeah. That's like my- so If you have an old iTunes account, but you don't have any Apple devices, you, you can be grandfathered in. So you don't need to have an Apple device. You can do it through your old iTunes. Cause then like you like have to update it because iTunes becomes Apple podcast or something. I don't know. All I know is I couldn't download Apple Podcasts and I was like kind of backdoored in through my old iTunes account. And now I can leave reviews, which you should do. Like I said, yeah, you don't even have to say anything. Just do the little stars and then just go on your merry way. Or you can say stuff. You can be like, you know, you awesome. Just one word. Awesome. Fun. Uh, Actually, I want to give a shout out to Femme Regard. They're a new podcast that I have to uh, through the grace of Matt Kelly, I got connected with them. They are some of the coolest chicks I've ever had the, the joy of hanging out with. I'm going to try and woo them onto Jersey Ghouls. But if you're not listening, yeah. um, they actually talk to filmmakers and talk about indie film from like a feminist perspective. So if you are a filmmaker and, and a feminist, definitely check out Femregard. They're on the Geekscape network um, and they are really cool chicks. So I really enjoy hanging out with them. Yeah, do your thing. Do the do the take us home thing. Okay, I will. I will. I'll take us home. Mm-hmm. Let's go home, guys. Uh, thank you so much for joining us for the final installment of the Summer of Suburban Horror. Uh, we hope you have enjoyed it. Uh, again, please head over, give us an iTunes rating if you if you so desire. Yeah, you don't even have to say anything. Just throw some stars up there. Or if you want to say something, it can be one word. You're going to find Jersey Ghouls on your favorite podcasting app. We're all over social media. Just type in Jersey Ghouls. You can go to our website, jerseyghouls.com. We hope you guys have had as much fun as we've had this summer. We are stoked for this fall and all of the cool stuff we've got coming down the way. Crank up your hair metal. Rock on. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.